Welcome to the Central Live Podcast with Pastor Jim Caldwell. At Central Baptist Church in Phoenix City, Alabama, it's our mission to make disciples who make disciples. Let's join Pastor Jim as he shares today's message. You can be seated. Ah, so how is everybody this morning? That's right. Y'all can talk. It's okay. Just because we're social distancing in here doesn't mean that we, we can't talk. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody being here this morning. Uh, oh, man. So, before uh, Corona hit, we were in a series of messages. If you remember, it, it was called uh, Being the Church. Actually, Principles of Being the Church. And these last two months have just, uh, it's been something, hasn't it? Two and a half months. It's getting longer, isn't it? Uh, There's some days I have what I call COVID brain. Y'all ever had that? Uh, Where you just feel like you're not remembering stuff and not thinking straight and that kind of stuff. But uh, it's been really difficult. And and I got to tell you, there's more fear and depression than I've ever seen at any time in my lifetime, uh, just fear, depression, uh, people are scared. Sometimes fear makes people do crazy things. I mean, we're having crazy stuff going on, riots and all this. Uh, times are really tough. Uh, but because of that, we have to learn more than ever how to be the church. And so uh, today's uh, message, in fact, the title of this series is, is be, Being the Church During Difficult Days, because that's what we're in the middle of, right? But we still got to be the church. We got to carry out God's mission, Jesus' mission that he's left with us. We have to carry it out through, through, uh, through this difficult time. And we have to be ready and willing to do what he tells us to do. Man, these are times of uncertainty and change, aren't they? Uh, The first few chapters of of the book of Acts, the newly formed church came up. And I want to tell you, they were, it was just going great for them. They had the favor of everybody at first. It was like everybody loved them. They were doing all this great stuff uh, for for people. Uh, It was just an awesome thing. Until the religious leaders started figuring out that, hey, this might not be so awesome. People are following them instead of us. And so they started not liking it. Everything changed. And and I think it's kind of funny. Before coronavirus, the part of Acts that we covered was the part of them, everything being really good and really happy and everything was great. And we're, we're going to be starting in, in Acts chapter 5 today. We're going to take, I don't know how long, but several weeks we're going to be going through Acts, the book of Acts, starting with chapter 5. And, you know, we, we are, we're in these difficult days. So I want to ask you a question. Are, are you going to, during these difficult days, are you going to go with the flow of the Spirit and follow Him, or are you going to go find a place to hide and just hide till it's all over? Because, you know, that, that's our tendency sometimes just to go, you know, stick our head in the sand and, and hide until it's all over. Uh, 
I hate to tell you this, it's never going to be all over. It's never going to be all over. So you might as well go with the flow of the Spirit, right? Let's follow Him. Let's do what He desires. Because He's the King. He's going to lead us. He's going to show us the way to go through this time. So let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 to start. Acts chapter 5 says, But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is, the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. So things weren't going real good here. You know, they're just teaching, preaching, doing the right thing. Everything had been going pretty well. And the apostles get thrown in jail just for sharing about Jesus, just for for telling about the story about Jesus. Of course, they were kind of standing up and accusing the religious leaders of killing him. But other than that, they were doing pretty good, you know. But they accused him of killing. Uh, The religious leaders didn't like it. So they locked him up. They land him in jail. Look at verse 19. It says, But during the night an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Uh, I actually shared these four verses in one of my last messages before Katrina, I mean Katrina, Corona time. Uh, Oh man, that was another disaster. Okay. Okay. so, and, and we talked about, do you remember we talked about the whole message of this life? Anybody remember that? Shake your head this way if you remember. All right, at least two. That was really good. Uh, two people remember. The, the word for life here is zoe, the whole message of this life. Zoe means life. And Jesus came to give us life and to give us life abundantly. See, Jesus came and he lived a perfect sinless life. These people were coming along just after Jesus about you know, 40 to 60 years after Jesus. And, and you know, thing, Jesus had changed everything because he came and he, he died on a cross and he was resurrected from the dead. He, was, he died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He was raised from the dead to give us life. And it's that zoe, that whole message of life that we have to give the world right now. We have this message of life that that can change your life. See, we don't have to live in fear anymore. We don't have to live uh, out of the uncertainty of the time. We can live out of the strength of Jesus that lives inside of us. But you have to be a believer. You have to have received Jesus as your Savior. If you've never done that before, I want to challenge you today. At the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to respond and to receive Jesus. And I want you to do that. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life is receiving Jesus today. This whole message of life. They were out teaching about Jesus, telling people. People's lives were being changed. Y'all, we got people everywhere whose lives need to be changed. They, they have fear. They have anxiety. They have depression. They have addiction. They have, you, you name it, it's out there. And Jesus can deliver from all of it. Do y'all believe that? Does anybody at home believe that? Give me a thumbs up or a heart at home if you believe that. Because it's the truth. Jesus can deliver us, can can help us to have an abundant life here and now. You know, I, I do, I love the fact that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to heaven when I leave this life. That's a great, wonderful thing. 
But can I tell you today, most people who don't know Jesus don't care about that. They really don't. They, they're not worried about anything after this. But I tell, you, I tell you what they are worried about. They're worried about right now, in this minute. And that's why Jesus said, I have come to give them life, not just eternal life, not just life later. He came to give us life now. And I want that life. I'm living out of that life. That's, that's worth it. Everybody, I want everybody to know about the life that we have living inside of us. That's what it's about. It's about having a relationship with the living God and Him giving you an abundant life. Now, that doesn't mean He's going to make you rich. It doesn't mean He's not either. I don't know. You know, each person, He's a lot of different. But this is what I know. Abundant life means you're living a life that's filled with Him, that's coming out of His best for you. And when you live that kind of life, you can't help but live with joy. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to have struggles and trials and temptations and all this, but we got Him. We got Him. He's living inside of us. We have abundant life. And I want everybody to know about that. All right. So I'm going to summarize the next few verses, okay? So the apostles, they got let out of jail miraculously and went to the temple to teach. And the religious leaders, they found out they weren't there and and got a council together to deal with them. And the prison cell was empty, and nothing had been disturbed outside, and and they were just gone. They were gone. They had no idea how it had happened. So the religious leaders heard that they were in the temple, and so they weren't very happy. They had jailed them. They come back. They're not in jail. They're teaching in the temple. So come back to verse 27 with me. Go down to verse 27, and let's look at it together. It says, when they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. We must obey God rather than man. Hey, I want you to think about this for a minute. Do you think that that was the first time Peter had thought about what what he was going to do with his life when he got confronted? See, I don't think so. I think Peter made a decision. I I think it happened really at his restoration. Peter made a decision that he was going to follow God no matter what. See, his life was radically changed after the resurrection. He, he saw who Jesus really was. He understood it. And, and he was going to obey God after that no matter what. Remember, he said he was going to obey and follow, didn't he? And, and he, he denied Jesus three times. But after the resurrection, you didn't see that anymore. What you saw was a bold man who was going forward, teaching, preaching about Jesus, showing people the way, and he didn't care. He was, he was with people who could have him killed. And he said, we've got to obey God rather than you. you. Y'all are nothing. God's in control. So that's a decision. Peter, he knew in his mind, he made that a long time before. He had a commitment in his heart of what was going to happen. So here's my question to you. Have you made that same decision? Have you got that 
fortitude that you know in you. I'm telling you, persecution's coming. Y'all, if we lived uh, in, in California or Michigan or some of these other places, I, I might be in jail right now because I would probably have opened up. It's, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And, and persecution is going to happen to God's kids. That's the thing. You, you have to make the decision now what you're going to do. Just because we've never seen it like, like uh, was happening back during the book of Acts doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And, and we at least have to be mentally, our will, and our mind ready for it. For whatever happens, we're, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to obey Jesus over, over any law that they put out in the United States, anywhere else. I'm going to obey Jesus. How about you? You going you gonna to go with me? Because if that's what it takes, that's what we'll have to do. Will you follow God no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult, no matter what? See, it's not a decision that you make when you're in the heat of the moment. That's a decision that you pre-make, that you know what's going to happen. You know if, if I end up in circumstances that are tough, I'm going to trust Jesus over everything else. That's a decision you have to make right now. Look, look at verse 30. It says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. Man, that's pretty bold. He is the one God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. See, he shares the truth of what Jesus did. He shares, you guys, y'all religious leaders, y'all are the ones that had him put to death. They were all witnesses to what Jesus had done. They had to tell what he did. See, see, they didn't have any choice. They were witnesses of what Jesus had done. They had to tell. They couldn't keep it in. Y'all, why is it so easy for us to keep it in and to not share? I, I don't know, but... It, it is sometimes, isn't it? Do y'all agree? Everybody, you ever felt self-conscious or something, sharing that kind of stuff? Yeah, it shouldn't. Man, they were witnesses and they knew it and they had set their mind of what was going on that they were going to tell. They couldn't stop telling about Jesus even if it meant death because they were, those are the people that had Jesus killed, basically the same line of people. That's conviction, isn't it? That's conviction in your heart that you know. All right, no matter what, I'm following Jesus. Peter says here that the Holy Spirit has been given to those who obey him. And, and I, I want to I open that up just a little bit more because it's not talking about some legalistic obedience to a set of rules because you have to. What it's talking about is that people who obey from the heart, uh, that, that's, that's who, who God, uh, you obey from the heart. When you're obeying from the heart, that's, that's when God is pleased, y'all. God's not, can I tell you, God is not pleased with just people trying to follow the Ten Commandments or just trying to do, do good. That's not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about living out a life 
with the Savior living through you. Can I tell you, when you do that, you're not going to sin. When Jesus is living in you and through you, you don't, you're not sinning. When you're living out of that relationship with him, it's not happening. So it's a good thing. It's not legalistic obedience. See, you obey from a pure heart because you love him. And the Holy Spirit lives inside you. See, he says we're going to obey. That those who love Jesus are going to obey. We're going to be telling. We're going to be sharing. We're going to be loving on people because he loved us first. Because of our love for him. So my question, do you have the Holy Spirit living inside you? Do you have him living inside? Do you know it? Do you, do you have Jesus' promise of life? Is the Holy Spirit a witness to your spirit that you have that life? Romans eight sixteen says this, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if the Holy Spirit of God lives inside you, you can know it. You should. You will know it is what it says. It says the Spirit testifies or witnesses, is a witness to our spirit that we're his kids. We're his kids. But you got to have the Spirit to be his kid. Do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Does his Spirit testify or witness to your spirit that you're a child of God? See, if not, you need to receive Jesus for the first time today. You need to receive him. We, we, I shared that, you know, he died for our sins and he was raised from the dead to give us life. He died for forgiveness and he, he, he gives us his life. What a beautiful thing. What, that's what we need. And when we repent, when we turn away from our sin and receive Jesus, that's when we receive the Holy Spirit. And you can know it. The Holy Spirit changes your life forever at the end we're going to have a time to respond if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus that's what you need today but if you do have a relationship with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit's living in you I got some good news and some bad news what you want first bad news you will be persecuted you want the good news you will be persecuted it's both uh, you will be persecuted. But see, here's the thing. When you're persecuted for Jesus' sake, for him, he's getting glory out of your life. And that's a good thing. It may not feel good. It may not look good. It's probably not fair. Or of course it's not if it's persecution. It's not fair. You know, I, I got to tell you, as I, was, I still in this way. I can't help it. I want everything to be fair. I'm just telling you. That was in, in childhood. I was always the rule follower. And, made, you know, if you broke the rule, that wasn't fair. And, I, you know, I could tell on you whatever I needed to do. It, it was good, okay? I could do whatever I needed to do. And, and I brought that into my Christian life. And, and it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. Man, I, I, I uh, think about the apostles at this point. They, they could have been killed, y'all. They could have been killed. Persecution was in front of them. They knew what they were going to do. 
They knew exactly what they were going to do beforehand. And they were just going forward. So Acts 5.33 says this. It says, but when they heard this, that's this, the council of leaders. When they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. All right. You know what cut to the quick means? It's like, to the depths of your soul, it's like, ah. Have you ever, uh, oh, this happens to me occasionally. Have you ever been confronted with your sin or something in your life that wasn't right, uh, either by a parent or Susan? Oh, goodness. Have you ever been confronted with something in your life and you get angry? Have you ever, has that ever happened to anybody but me? Somebody nod your head. Please say yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, So, and and you start getting mad, and you get madder, and you get more mad, because you're like, but but then, usually with me, I I finally go, oh, it's just truth. I don't like that truth being shared. That's me. You know, that's my thing that's going on. Well, being cut to the quick, I think it's like probably a thousand times uh, what I feel when that happens to me. Think about that. They were cut to the quick. That means it got to their core. They're calling me a murderer. You know, these, these apostles are calling me a murderer. They're, they're teaching stuff that's not godly. They're doing all this stuff. We got to get rid of them. It's time to kill them. They were ready to kill them. And so verses 34 through 37, I'll just summarize it for you. Uh, Gamaliel is this teacher. And uh, he, he came forward and he sent the people, the apostles out of the room and he had a talk with the leaders uh, that were wanting to kill him. And he said, listen, this guy Thutius, he rose up a few years ago back during the census and had 400 people following him and hey, it came to nothing. It wasn't of God. It was no big deal. Hey, this guy Judas, he wasn't far back. He had a bunch of people follow him too. And it went away. And so now we're coming to uh, verse 38. I want us to look. It says, so in this present case, this is Gamaliel speaking. He says, I say to you, stay away from these men. Let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Or else you may be found fighting against God. God put a word in that man's heart, didn't he? God put a word in his heart. In fact, so much so that these bloodthirsty men, they back down and listen to him. And look who's here today. <laughs> Me and you and the, the, the world's been changed by those apostles in the early church. The world's been changed because of it. Uh, See, they didn't realize it, but what Gamaliel said was true. They were fighting against God. They didn't have a chance, did they? They didn't really have a chance. Look at Acts 5.40. It says, they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then released them. All right, so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'll take my Bible and I'll be reading. 
you know, talk about, okay, they flogged him. It's hard to relate to that right now. You know, it's like, okay, they, you know, gave him a mean, stiff word or something. Flogging wasn't like that, y'all. I mean, we know that they flogged Jesus, but flogging, man, they had this whip, and it's called a flagrum, and it had these leather cords coming out with rocks or bones or sharp objects tied onto the end. And and they would whip people on the back. Uh, Jews would do it up to 40 lashes. Pharisees, they wanted to make sure they didn't accidentally go over, so they did 39 lashes so that they didn't ever break the law uh, of, of flogging people. Now, can you imagine hitting, I mean, this isn't just a little, you know, love tap on the back. Uh, flogging can just about kill you. And so your back is scarred and bloody and you are weak and it, it is, it's not pleasant, y'all. It's a horrible thing to be flogged. Um, a, a lot of times they would tie people to a column and then flog them. And, and I can't imagine the pain. You know, it's not like, you know, the hickory switch my mom would get or something when I was little. This is is major, major hurt. Major hurt. So look at verse 41 with me. It says, so they went on their way from the presence of the council. They were licking their wounds and hoping it didn't happen again. Oh, that's not what it said. Rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. They rejoiced. They rejoiced. All right, I want you to think about this. What's your attitude toward even being inconvenienced? What's my attitude toward even just being inconvenienced? Much less being flogged. Pain, blood, gore. Can we have an attitude like that today? An attitude that we're, we rejoice? You know, in, in James it says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. That can only happen through the Spirit living in you. You can't work that up on your own. You can't make that happen on your own. You can't, it's not natural to rejoice when you're getting beaten. It's just not natural. It's supernatural, right? The Holy Spirit does it in and through you. Then verse 41. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching. Jesus as the Christ. They went back and did exactly what God told them to do, didn't they? They didn't listen to the leaders. Uh, you know, we are, we are blessed to live in Alabama. Churches are open. Can, you know, people can come or not come. It's, it's okay. But what if we were in another state? Would we be willing to come and gather if we felt like, you know, it, it was God had told us to, to gather? Would we do it? Would you be ready? Would we be ready? Um, I know there's some leaders that are having, pastors that are having to make that choice right now. 
would, would you be willing to suffer for Jesus' sake right now? Would you be willing to go to jail or whatever it took? Persecution is a, is a part of life. And it's part of, of life of a Christian. But when you have Jesus and you have his Holy Spirit living inside of us, you can make it through anything. And you can come out with joy. Have joy in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the turmoil. So if you made a decision to follow Jesus, no matter what, because today I want to encourage you as the band comes, we're coming to a time of response. First, do you have a relationship with God through Jesus? Uh, If if you're online, I want to encourage you right now, call 334-298. 0923 extension 110 and uh, receive Jesus. I've got somebody that's going to be taking your call. Would love to talk to you about knowing Jesus. But if you need a relationship with Jesus and you're here on campus, I'm going to do the the response a little bit different today than I did last week. If you want to come pray, feel free to come down. I would appreciate you keeping a social distance apart from each other. if there's too many people here, go to the edge or, you know, let's, let's just let's keep this safe as we can. Uh, I'm going to be down front. I would love to talk to anybody who needs to receive Jesus or just, just wants, to, to, wants me to pray for them. Whatever God's doing, I want to encourage you to, uh, to respond this morning. And uh, God's just so, so good that even in the midst of struggle, trials, and persecution, he is there for us right in the middle of it. I get you to stand. I'm going to pray. After this prayer, I'm going to ask you to come. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of response, your message has gone out, Lord. I pray uh, it wouldn't return void. I pray, God, that that phone's ringing right now. Lord, with somebody who needs you, who needs that relationship that only you can give. Lord, I I pray for the people in this room. Lord, for those that don't know you, that they would come to that point. And those that do, Lord, that we would set our minds and our hearts that we're we're 100% in with you. Whatever you do, whatever you allow, whatever you ask, whatever you want, whatever you desire, we surrender. And so, God, we give all this to you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Central Live podcast. If you'd like more information, visit our website at centrallive.org.